everyone and welcome back to Lo Que No Me Dijeron podcast. I'm your host Karina and this is episode number six. All right guys, so for this episode, I'm actually going to be sharing some really exciting news. As you already know, I'm a first generation Latina and if you didn't already know, my boyfriend is a second generation Latino. And we've decided that we're going to be taking the next big step in our adulting life by running our credit and seeing if we are able to purchase a real estate property. In episode number four, Push Me Down and I'll Push You Out, I talked about how I grew up in a really teeny tiny apartment with my family of five. And when we moved into our first home, I knew it was such a big step for my parents and it was such a struggle for them to get the home that they wanted. But also financially, it was a difficult time for them because they purchased their home at the end of 2005, which is when the markets were pretty high. And then 2008 came and the market crashed. And I remember experiencing that entire time period where my parents were super frustrated and I knew my dad was having difficulties trying to pay our monthly payment because it was so high. And I could always tell when he was stressed financially, especially when it had to do with the house and our house payments and making sure that we had everything that we needed. But at the same time, coming from a Latino household, it's like the elephant in the room. Everyone knows something is going on, but nobody dares to ask or speak about it. And so in my household, we never spoke about finances, how much my parents made, how much we had to pay on a monthly basis. We never talked about or touched on any of those topics. One of the things that I vividly remember my dad telling me in relation to finances was that we should never bite more than we can chew. As in, if we had any credit cards or any debt, that we had to pay it off right away. And for me, I feel like this created a fear of credit and credit cards. Like in my mind, I associated credit cards with something negative. And of course, debt was something negative. But now as a financial coach, ironically, I know that there is a different way to approach both credit cards and debt without it negatively impacting your life. For a while now, Carlos and I have talked about wanting to buy a property and wanting to have our own home so that we can, you know, start building our equity and stop paying rent. But I feel like one of the biggest things that was holding me back personally is the fact that we're in a pandemic and this time period makes me afraid that we're going to end up purchasing a property at a really high value. 
and that then the economy is going to crash and we're going to be stuck in the same cycle that my parents were in. And this fear comes from seeing the highs and lows that my parents experienced. But one of the important things about generational trauma is that we have to acknowledge that our journey is not going to be the same as our parents' journey. And so we decided that we are ready. We're ready to take this next big step in our lives and move past that uncertainty and the what if and move forward towards educating ourselves so that we can be as prepared as possible for this next step. And I know that you can't be prepared for every single situation that might come up. So what we did is that we sat down and we went over our finances and we decided that we are in a place where even if we had to put a down payment on a property, that we would still have enough emergency savings to get us through any difficult times that may or may not occur. And I think one of the really important things for us is that the market doesn't seem like it's slowing down right now and the interest rates are still at all-time lows. So, you know, given the different factors that we personally took into account, we decided that this is the next step for us. So in the month of January, we started asking our friends and our family about their experience purchasing a home. Some of the questions that we asked them were, one, what type of loan did they choose and why? Two, what types of costs should we expect? Three, what type of programs were they eligible for if there were any? Three, were they eligible for first-time home buyers? down payment assistance program, or other assistance programs? And if so, did they end up using these resources? Four, how did they pick their lender and real estate agent? And five, what did they look for in a home? So if you didn't take notes, rewind this little piece, write those questions down. For us, they were super helpful. They gave us an idea of what type of loan was being chosen, why, and some of the pros and cons that come with the different loans and programs that they were offered. And not only that, but the question about what did they look for in their home really gave us some perspective in terms of not focusing so much on whether the home is absolutely perfect and doesn't need any work done, but rather picking a home that calls to us and feels like home, but is also located in a neighborhood and area that will eventually grow over time. Because that's something that's super important when you're buying a property is that you want its value to increase. And I by no means am a professional and real estate. This is just my experience. These are questions that we used and that were helpful for us. And ultimately, I think the most important piece 
is communicating and asking questions. If you have family or friends who have already gone through the home buying process or real estate buying process, and that's what you're looking forward to doing as well, then ask them questions. And it doesn't matter if you use these exact questions or not. The important thing is that you're having this communication about something that you want to do. And hopefully somebody else's experience is teaching you a little bit about what you can do to prepare yourself, but also do your own research because sometimes what may be beneficial to you can be different in terms of what was beneficial to them. And that's also why it helps when you ask multiple people the same or similar questions so that you get an idea of the different answers and different experiences. So after about a month of asking around for different people's experiences and their suggestions and reading articles, we sat with all of the information that we had collected. We reached out to two of our friends who are in real estate to ask some questions in regards to what is the next step that we need to take now that we are ready to apply and get that ball rolling. But everything moved so fast that next thing we knew, we had asked the questions and then we had filled out the application and then our credit score had already been run. So one of the things that I want all of you to know is that When you are absolutely ready and you fill out that first application and submit all of the documents required to prove your income, assets, etc., the company will run a hard inquiry on your credit unless you ask them if they have the ability to do a soft inquiry. But the good thing was for us that we had already asked every company whether running the three hard inquiries would be a huge hit to our credit. And what we learned is that you can also do a couple hard inquiries. And because as consumers, we're allowed to shop around those three inquiries would only really impact our credit score once. Again, I'm not a real estate expert, so I'm not certain whether if we ran it more than three times, if it would have a bigger impact on our credit score. But from my experience, we ran it three times within the time frame of about a week and a half, and it only impacted our credit score once. So one of the things to know is there's two ways that you can go about running your credit. One is taking the hard inquiries, but doing it within a short time frame to make sure it doesn't impact your credit as harsh. Or two, if the company has the ability to run a soft inquiry and give you an estimate, then you can also do it that way. So to give you guys an idea of our timeline, again, we ran our credit for the first time February 1st, which was a Monday. And then because we wanted to make sure that we were going to receive the best interest rate, 
we ran our credit again for a second time that same week on Thursday, and then a third time with a different company. And by the end of that week, we had already received the three approval letters from each company with our maximum purchase amount and the rates that they were each offering us. We took an Excel spreadsheet and we plugged and chugged all of the different numbers. Some of the fees that we compared were the origination fee, the processing fee, the underwriting fee, the interest rate, the APR, and the estimated closing cost. Most lenders won't give you all of these fees straight up. You have to ask specifically. So I would say that for us, the two biggest steps were choosing the lender and then choosing our realtor. So for our lender, we ended up choosing based off of the different fees and interest rate. And one of the things that we learned is that the interest rate does not equal the APR. And for us, it was really important to know both. In terms of picking our realtor, we had two people in mind who we know out here in the state of Nevada. And so we asked them to each show us a specific house. There were two different houses. And then we asked them a series of different questions. And based off of how they responded to the questions, we chose the realtor who we thought had more experience. Between choosing the realtor and the lender, that took us about a week and a half from the first moment that we ran our credit. And so halfway into that second week was when we actually started deep diving into the house hunting. So in our experience, we shopped around for a lender, which if you're not very familiar with the term lender, a lender is the one who actually runs your credit, collects all of your income verification documents, as well as asset documents, and then determines an approval or denial and the rates that come with that approval if you're approved. And for me, I can say that that was actually something new that I learned. Growing up, I always only heard the term realtor. So in my mind, I thought that the realtor was the one who did everything as in approves you, gets you your loan amount, and finds your home. But you're actually working with a team of individuals. So there's the buyer's team. So for example, on my behalf and Carlos's behalf, we're the buyers. We're the ones who are going to purchase something. So we have our realtor who's helping us do the house hunting. And so what he does is that he schedules the appointments for us to look at a house that we're interested in. He sends us like a weekly list of houses that we might be interested in that are within the requirements that we gave him. And then we tell him which ones we want to see and he schedules the appointments so that we can go and see those homes. And then we have our lender who initially approved us and gave us um, 
a maximum amount that we have to stay within and the interest rate and APR rate that go with that maximum amount that we were approved for. And then on the other side, there's the seller's team. So the person who is selling the property, they have a team of individuals who they are working with. So for us, a couple of things that we did during this process is we shopped around for different lenders to make sure that we were going to get the best rate. We researched the different types of fees that the lenders charge you. And then we created a spreadsheet and compared those fees and rates. And two, we actually shopped around for our realtor as well. A couple of things that I didn't know before we started this process is that there are different programs and educational material that you can take advantage of. There's actually like like a class where you can pay a specific fee to take the classes, but they take you through every single step of purchasing a property and what every single step will look like. This was something that someone told me about after we had already started the process, so it's not something that I've looked too much into. But another thing that you could do if you're thinking about purchasing your own property is buy a book. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I did so much Googling and so much reading on articles that are online, but I never thought to buy a book to buy a book that specifically focused on the first-time home buyer's experience. So I would definitely recommend that for any of you who are thinking of buying a property soon. And lastly, we were unprepared to go into a seller's market. So there are two types of market. There's the seller's market, which is what we are in right now, where there are more people who are trying to buy a house than the number of houses that are actually available for sale, which means that there is a lot of competition for each house, apartment or condo or just property in general that is being sold. And second, there's a buyer's market where there's less buyers then there are people who are selling their homes and therefore, usually in a buyer's market, the person who's purchasing a home has a little bit more power to negotiate where in a seller's market, there's such low inventory of houses available for sale or properties available for sale that the seller has more power to accept or deny offers and conditions to the offers. I know this is a lot of information, so I decided to create two episodes for our home buying experience. And in order to find out more, you're going to just have to wait until next week's episode. So just to reiterate, I am not a real estate professional. These are solely based on my experience and Don't forget that if you have any questions or comments or you want to suggest a specific topic, you can always reach out to me on the 
lo que no me dijeron dot podcast Instagram page.